You're listening to an Al Mahdi Institute podcast. Thank you for listening. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Sallallahu ala sayidina Muhammadin wa ala ahli bayti at-tayyibin at-tahirin. Today is the final session in the series, so we'll see how far we get. But to open the final session, just to remind ourselves of what we come through so far, so um, reminding ourselves of the themes that have gone through the chapter that we've discussed so far. We began with the beginning of the surah, the beginning of the chapter, starting Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, La uqsimu bi And we explained how that La is disjointed from the rest of the sentence. Nay, Allah is saying no to all of that, refuting all of that. But I swear by the day of resurrection, وَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالنَّفْسِ اللَّوَامَ And nay, I swear by the self-blaming or self-reproaching soul, a nafs al-lawama, then we explained through the stages of the soul, as the mystics might describe it, through that journey of life. أَيَحْسَبُ الْإِنسَانُ The third verse, أَيَحْسَبُ الْإِنسَانُ أَلَّنَّ نَجْمَعْ إِضَامَ The verse came down, as we explained, as uh, the individual who he had spoke about in the hadith came to the Holy Prophet, challenging him that the bones would not be resurrected or given life again. And we explained through the different chapters of the Qur'an how it seems to be that there was a bemusement or they were perplexed at that time of how bones could be raised. And that also we went back to Sut Yasin, that verse in the end of Sut Yasin as well, explaining or expressing that same kind of sentiment. Bala Allah says, قَادِرِينَ عَلَىٰ أَن نُسَوِّيَ بَنَانَهُ Rather we are able to bring back or straighten out uh, his fingertips. بَلْيُرِيدُ الْإِنسَانُ لِيَفْجُرَ amama. No, rather man wishes to act yafjura impulsively, rashly, with what is in front of him. It's talking about that nafs, which is at the animalistic stage, being very short-sighted. يَسْأَلُ أَيَّانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ He asks in a very derogatory or sarcastic way, when is this day going to come? And rather than give a time as to when that day is going to come, a thousand years, ten thousand years, then we move to the cosmological changes which describe that time. فَإِذَا بَرِقَ الْبَصَرُ وَخَسَفَ الْقَمَرُ وَجُمِعَ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ When there's eyes are set, not set ablaze, but made to twinkle or sparkle because of what's going on, and the moon sinks in its light, and the sun and moon come together, so these cosmological changes being described about when Yawm Al-Qiyamah comes. يَقُولُ الْإِنسَانُ يَوْمَئِذٍ أَيْنَ الْمَفَارِ Then man on that time, and we explained, not all of man, but we also went through that, um, asks, where is the place to escape? كَلَّا لَا وَزَرْ No, rather, no, today there is no escape, or no um, protection, you could say, or no barrier from what's happening. كَلَّا لَا وَزَرْ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذٍ الْمُسْتَقَرُ Rather, to your Lord, back is the eventual abode. يُنَبَّأُ الْإِنسَانُ يَوْمَئِذٍ بِمَا قَدَّمَ وَأَخَّرْ Man will be informed on that day about, and we said, now قَدَّمَ وَأَخَّرْ the relationship here, that antagonistic relationship of what was left behind and what was presented forward, or rather what was presented forward and left behind, and what that means. بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرًا So regardless of all this, what he has brought forth and what he has left behind, no man is... We said about this, the, the, the fact that the word basira is feminine as a khabar and al-insan is masculine shows that it does not mean that rather man is insightful with regards to himself, but rather man is himself an insight with regards to himself. Even if he tries to throw out excuses 
And then that interjection within the chapter of the Quran, or this chapter, whereby it was talking about Yawm Al-Qiyamah and the signs and refuting that these people who were denying it, suddenly it changed focus and came to speak about these um, four verses, which are theological in its basis about the revelation of the Quran. I'm going back to this on purpose, I know we covered it last week at the end. These four verses where Allah is now talking to the Prophet directly. Do not start moving your tongue quickly to... This is the important part. Uh, which In order to hasten it, in order to make it come quickly. Don't do that. And we spoke about then inzal and tanzil and the difference between that as well. And the verse goes on in number 17. No, it's compilation and it's way it should be recited is up to us to, it, the onus is on us to ensure that it's not for you to worry about it. Then when we recite it, then you follow in its recitation. Thereafter, subsequently, And we explained through this that the verses show that the Prophet, being human being, was worried about whether he would forget it or not. And Surah Al-A'la also explains this, that Allah is telling him, فَنُقَرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَاوِي shall recite it unto you, or make you recite it rather, that you will not, in a way you will not forget. Also the other parts of it, um, that he began asking about it, yes, he began asking about the meanings. So Allah is saying to him also at that time, the last verse, ثُمَّ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا بَيَانَهُ For us is to explain it, it's not for you to worry, we will do it in its due course. And we explain the hadith about uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, which is found both in Shi'i corpus and Sunni corpus, that the Prophet was referring to its inzal as he already knew the concepts. The inzal of the Quran, Qadr, he already knew the concepts, because the whole Quran had been revealed in principle, and now it was being uh, drip-fed, if you like, through the tanzil, as and when it came. Now, comparing, the, so the next verses, now these verses, as you can see, is going back to the plural. So now it's no longer talking to the Prophet. Now you can see the verses are being cut back. That was a short interjection. And now we're going back to what was being spoken about, about Yawm Al-Qiyamah. These four verses were inserted there as an interjection. But Allah is saying, No, but rather you people, about what we're speaking about Yawm Al-Qiyamah, you love Al-Ajila, so it's going back to what was being spoken about now. This word Al-Ajila means what is immediate now. What's hastily coming means what's immediate. And it's a uh, kind of way to compare between what those people who are being rebuked, if you like, in this part of the Quran. Allah is talking to them saying, no, you like what's coming, you like haste. You like immediacy and haste. It's comparing, if you like, the haste of these people, which is towards what's now to act impulsively in an immoral fashion. Actually, the Prophet was told the same thing. But the Prophet was trying to make haste in a good way for something moral or Quranic, whilst the non-believers are trying to make haste they want to make haste about what to act immorally in their own lives and 
So this also short-sightedness and wanting to, what's immediate is also a characteristic of that animalistic self, not looking at what the long-term moral implications, spiritual implications, implications of the of the akhirah, وتذرون الآخرة and you're leaving aside or you're abandoning the hereafter, what the long-term implications are going to be. When we sin, when we follow that nafs al-ammara which is prompting us, a nafs al-ammara, as we explained that, nafs which prompts or incites a person to go in a certain way, that wants us to go, I need this now, food, I need this, I need this now. It doesn't look towards al-akhirah, so it's looking towards ajila, what's immediate, not towards going to be short-sighted, not long-sighted. But now when we speak about al-akhirah, this word as it comes in, is now introducing what's going to happen in the akhirah. Until now, it's, no, we will bring people back to life. Yom al-Qiyamah will come, this will happen. Don't disbelieve in it. But when this word al-akhirah comes now, okay, now it's talking about what will happen in the akhirah itself. What will happen in the akhirah? On that day, وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ So both of these, I don't know what the, what the word for it in, in English is, uh, to make words which sound similar come in a certain way so it's easy to remember and it's more impactful as well. But the words are quite different as you can see. نَاظِرَةٌ with a ضَاد and نَاظِرَةٌ with a ضَاد Actually, we have a hadith, I don't know how, how authentic it is, that this letter, well, these, both of these words have different root letters. The first one, Noon Ba'd, and Ra, the Prophet has said that, the, according to that narration, that the most difficult thing in Arabic to pronounce is the Ba'd, and I am the best in, pronunciation, in pronouncing it than anyone. I'm Afsah, the most eloquent in being able to pronounce that letter. So, that letter is different. The other root letters are the same. Noon and a ra on either end, but the middle letter, even though it is very similar in its pronunciation, is different. Wujuhun yawma idin na ila rabbiha na So faces on that day na the nun bad and ra means radiant, glowing, blooming, fresh. You can tell this person is happy or is in a very healthy situation. And it shows the extent, as we'll see, we'll contrast it with, with how other faces are going to be. It shows, as a result of the happiness, these faces, that uh, prosperity and success on that day shows out on the face. It's not just that, oh, they're happy, but you can't really tell. No, sometimes when someone's really happy, you can tell on their faces. Those kind of faces will be seen. Now, ila rabbiha nadra, this noon da and ra, staring, looking, Looking, ra'a, yara, he looked. But looking and glaring for a prolonged time, or staring, or ogling, sometimes you can say, or leering, if it's in a negative way, that's nadira. But in a positive way, not ogling or leering, but staring intently. But this causes us a problem, this verse actually. Ila rabbiha nadira. And it's a huge as you can imagine, a space for debate now, in discussion. Looking at their Lord, ila rabbiha, towards their Lord or to their Lord, these faces are looking. This is the word which is the point of contention, looking. How can you look at the Lord if 
we agree that our Lord has no shape, no color, no dimensions, no size. How can he be looked at then? Of course, we'll come on to. So this, if this word means looking at or inspecting or looking for a long period of time, well, we also have another meaning of this we'll come on to. The possible meaning could mean of nazara means expecting, not just looking. A possible meaning of this word, if we look at it in isolation, it can mean to expect, not to physically look. I'm looking at Mateen right now. This is one way of looking. But it could also mean to expect something from Mateen. How so? Do we have that in the Quran? We have that also. Balqis in Surah Namal, with the story of uh, Nabi Sulaiman, he is interacting now with this queen in Surah Namal, and who was the head of a community of sun worshippers. <coughs> and between this uh, exchange that they had, she sent to them, to Nabi Sulaiman, gifts to see how he would react. So she says, And I am sending a gift to them. And then I am going to be nadira. What do the messengers come back with? I'm so she's not looking at the messengers with physically. It means she's expecting what they will come back with. In that way, if we take that meaning of it, then faces on that day will be radiant. We would not translate as, we would translate as expectant, if you like, expecting from their Lord some reward, as opposed to looking at their Lord. However, there also there is another issue. This, if we want to take this meaning of it, expecting rather than looking or staring, then this root letters, noon, ba, and ra, as we had, or this word, nadira, we can see in this verse which we've cited that Bilqis says, I, I will see, wait and see, to, I'm expecting, I'm waiting to see what they come back with. Then this is used with, as you can see, this harf jar, this particle B. I'm waiting, so nadira, B. Whereas in this verse, and that meaning, that can have a meaning of expecting to see, waiting to see what they come back with. But that's not what's used in this, as you can see there. We have used not the harf jar bi, but harf jar ila. Now when nadira is used with harf jar ila, we cannot take the meaning of expecting. Linguistically, it would not agree that we have the meaning of expecting. When we use that harf jar or that particle, ila as opposed to b. B can have the meaning of expecting, ila doesn't have that meaning. Ila would cancel out that possible meaning. Ila would have the meaning of looking towards. So this gives us a problem now. If we cannot accept this, we'll come back to that in a moment. So we, if we theologically cannot accept it, what, what, what happens here anyway? We know from the, uh, the Sunni position, I say Sunni generally, because we know the Sunni have also two theological schools, the Ashaira and the Mu'tazila, but we know the Mu'tazila is more or less extinct, if you like. But even those who are still holding on to it, or the historical Mu'tazila theological school in the, in, amongst our Sunni brothers, would not believe that. But the Ashaira position is that they actually, the eyes or the faces, as the Quran says, 
And also that kind of opinion that they have, that the faces will look at God in some physical way, is also supported by some narrations that which they have in their corpus of ahadith about God having a physical body as he will put his foot in the hellfire. And we have all these other narrations from the Sunni corpus. The unanimous Shi'i position is that God cannot be seen in this physical way. So if we say that it means looking as opposed to expecting, because linguistically we cannot ex- accept the word meaning of now that is to mean expecting from the Lord. It has to be looking. But if it is looking, it would have to be, since we don't agree that God can be physically seen, it would have to be a perception of God in some metaphorical way. Seeing Him spiritually, appreciating Him, perceiving Him in that way, these kind of meanings, not physically looking. We know, after all, that Amir al when talking about Allah, the first thing he says about Allah is that he cannot have a form. If we are monotheists, he says, مَا وَحَدَهُ مَنْ The one who gives him some sort of kayf. How? How is God? In terms of color, shape, size, volume. Assigning some howness to him nullifies his monotheism. مَا وَحَدَهُ مَنْ كَيَّفَ The one who gives him some howness has not been a monotheist, if you like, or has not given him, has not considered him to be one. So we cannot accept that. So now that are these two words, the first, so the glowing, we ha- we'll explain what nadra, what meanings it can have just now. So the first verse says, nadra, glowing, radiant, blooming, fresh. Second one, nadra, staring, inspecting. We have this hadith from uh, Imam uh, Ali ibn Musa, Ayyatullah Salam, about this verse, fi qawlihi azza wa jal, wujuhun yawma idhin nadra. First verse, and the second verse, ila rabbiha nadra. Mushriqa means radiant. So he's talking about this part. means Mushriqa, radiant. Those faces will be, he says, according to this verse, um, according to this hadith from Ayyun Akbar Rida, from As-Saduq, says, يعني مشرقة, those faces will be radiant. تنتظر ثواب ربها Waiting for the reward from their Lord, or waiting for the Lord's reward. It means he, according to the hadith, but we said that linguistically doesn't agree with this. According to this hadith, he is assigning that expectant meaning to nadira, as opposed to the staring, physical staring meaning, according to this hadith. Also in uh, Ali ibn Ibrahim al-Qummi, in Tafsir al-Qummi, speaks about this, saying, obviously he's got, he hasn't quoted the hadith he's getting this from, but he has referred to some hadith and he's saying this is what it means. The first verse, i.e. means mushriqa. That part means, looking at the face of God, but, i.e., that means, So if we want to say it this way, not looking at God, or looking at the face of God, or the, as the Quran speaks in sometimes, as the, about the hand of God. Yes, the hand of God is above their hands. 
or the this of God or the that of God. It doesn't mean his physical self, but if we mean, for example, the face of God or here God himself, it means looking towards some manifestations of rahmatillah wa ni'mati, his, his uh, mercy and his blessings. And we have this from Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam. So first, about these verses, فَأَمَّا قَوْلُهُ Speaking about these verses from Amir al-Mu'mineen, أَمَّا قَوْلُهُ وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَ That's these two verses in Surah Al-Qiyamah. But juxtaposing them across with this verse from Surah Al-An'am, وَقَوْلُهُ لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ The sight do not see him, cannot appreciate him. وَهُوَ يُدْرِكُ الْأَبْصَارِ It is he who appreciates the sights or he who can grasp the sight. How do we marry them together then? Or how do we understand these two verses? So he goes on to say, فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ فِي مَوْضِئٍ يَنْتَهِ فِيهِ أَوْلِيَاءُ اللَّهِ This is at a point where those friends of Allah, Allah, end up at this point on يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ When they end up at this point, what happens? بَعْدَمَا يُفْرَوْ مِنْ الْحِسَارِ After they've done with their accounting of their deeds, they've finished with that, then they go, they end up at this place, إِلَىٰ نَهْرٍ يُسَمَّى الْحَيَوَانِ They end up at this river place in the Akhirah, at this blessed place, which is a river. The name of that river is Al-Hayawan. Interesting here he says this in this, because we know in the other verses of the Qur'an, Allah says that the real life is in the hereafter. بِالْآخِرَةِ هِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ So this is the same... Uh, Alluding to that, if you like. So this this river we call Al-Hayawan. فَيَغْتَسِلُونَ فِيهِ وَيَشْرَبُونَ مِنْهُ Then they will wash and bathe in it and drink from that river such that فَتَنْظُرْ وَجْهُهُمْ Then their faces become like this. نَاظِرَا تَنْظُرْ وَجُوهُهُمْ Their faces become that bright, radiant إِشْرَاقًا Out of luminosity. So this is the same as that verse we're talking about. Then thereafter, that فَيُوثِبُ عَنْهُمْ كُلِّ قَضَى Then all the toil and hardship goes away from their faces. Their face shows no negativity there whatsoever. ثُمَّ Thereafter, يُؤْمَرُونَ بِدُخُولِ الْجَنَّةِ They will be ordered to now enter the paradise. فَمِنْ هَذَا الْمَقَامِ then now from this point in Jannah, after they have been washed and washed their face and they're radiant, مِنْ هَذَا الْمَقَامِ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ They are looking or they will look towards their Lord. كَيْفَ يُثِيبُهُمْ How will he reward them? So this is interesting. يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ he doesn't say they are not looking at their Lord. They are looking at their Lord. But are they looking at their Lord really? We have similarly here the verse in Surah Al-Furqan. Do you not look at your Lord? Do you not see your Lord? Do you not look at your Lord? How he extends the shade. Is the verse saying, look, do you not look at your Lord, the physical Lord? The verse saying, do you not look at your Lord? How he is extending the shadows. What is this Adam here? Alam 
as we've done in, in the Quran and Arab, Alam tara ila rabbik kayfa maddaddil. What is this? The construct of kayfa maddaddil. What is the grammatical position of rabbik here? Let's put it that. What's the grammatical position of rabbik, of rabb here? Majroor. But are we looking at the Lord? No. What is the understanding then of kayfa maddaddil? How can we explain that then? We are looking at not looking at Lord really, but the verse, do you not look at your Lord? How? Or his howness of extending the shadow. So really, what this contract, how would we explain that? What's the grammatical position of that construct? Badal. What kind of badal actually? Sorry? Is it badal mutabiq? No. Because Allah is extending the shadow is part of Allah? Which is what? Ishtimal. It's Badal Ishtimal. It's actually a complex version of Badal Ishtimal. As a person would say, uh, I see the lion, his ferocity. What he's trying to see, I see the ferocity of the lion. He might not see the lion, so he might just be hearing the lion. Ah, I see the lion, his ferocity. It means he doesn't see the lion at all. Similarly here, Imam Ali al-Islam is saying, يَنظُرُونَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ كَيْفَ يُثِيبُهُمْ They are looking to the Lord, means not that they see their Lord, they are looking to the Lord, but they are looking how He rewards them, means they are not looking at the Lord at all. So yes, it is a complex construct of Badal Ishtimal, both in the Hadith and in this verse as well. And on the other side, the flip side. وَوُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ بَاسِرًا As opposed to نَاظِرًا We had the first time. بَاسِرًا Scowled, scrunched up, even gloomy. And as the first نَاظِرًا showed the extent of happiness on that person. Now this, sometimes a person has, uh, going through a rough time, uh, some problems that they may have, but you look at them, they hide it very well. And you can't tell, they're going, they must look very happy. But on that day, no. On that day, all realities are shown. All realities are seen. Then those faces on that day will not be able to hide. And they won't even have the capacity to hide. Because the disappointment on that day, for those who have short, fallen short, is so extensive, it cannot be hidden. So it will show on their faces. Wujuhun, other faces, as opposed to the first faces. Yawmaidin basira. And we see also these contrast in faces show, talk, spoken also about in Surah Abasa, uh, where Allah says, "Wujuhun yawma musfira." Some faces on that day will be bright. Why will they be bright? Why musfira? Why bahikatun mustabshira? Because they will be laughing and joyous. So we can see what camp we would like to be in on that day. And other faces were wujuhun yawma idin alayha. Ghabara. Other faces on that day upon them will be dust or dirt. Tarhaquha qatara. And darkness or gloominess envelops them. So this is those faces also in Surah uh, Al Qiyamah we have. Basira. Convinced 
that a great calamity will befall them. This word, tabunnu, the root letters we know are the ba and the noon. Ban, ban. What does ban mean? We know ban in usul. We have dalil banni. What does ban mean? Conjecture, which they're not sure about it. So, dalil banni as opposed to dalil. Qat'i, Dalil Dhanni and Dalil Qat'i So certain proof, Dalil Qat'i Then we have Dalil Dhanni, speculative But here I've chosen So we know the word Dhan can mean this Dhan, speculates about something I also have this meaning of Dhan in the Quran as well But here I've used, I've chosen the, the translation of Those faces on that day which are gloomy and sad Are convinced that a great calamity will befall them because ban means speculation or doubtfulness when it is mirrored with qata. In that context, yes, it can mean doubtful, but not always. Ban can also have this meaning of being convinced, like we have in the Quran. وَاسْتَعِينُوا in Surah Baqarah وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِصَبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Seek the help of patience or perseverance and prayer, and indeed it is difficult. That is the salat and so it's difficult. Except for those who are khashi, humble towards their Lord and lowly, who Alladina Yabunun Annahum Mulaku Rabbihim wa Annahum ilayhi Rajiun. Those can we say those who eh, they think they're speculating they're probably gonna meet their Lord? No. They are khashi'een, the verse is trying to say in that context, because It means they are convinced that they, they know. So ban can also have this meaning of being convinced. Only when we use it as opposed to qata, then it can also in that context have the meaning of speculation. So here, as we see from the Quran, الَّذِينَ يَضُنُّونَ means those who are, why are they khashi'? If they just think, oh, we might meet our Lord, it's speculation. No, no, no. الَّذِينَ يَضُنُّونَ They are khashi'een because they are, and they're, they're praying, and they're persevering. الصبر and الصلات is a big deal for some people. إِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرًا It's a big deal. It's very hard for some people. Except for those who are khashi'een. Why are they khashi'een? Why is it not a big deal for them? Because الَّذِينَ يَضُنُّونَ أَنَّهُمُ رَبِّهِمْ They are convinced that they are going to meet their Lord. Convinced, in this verse, back to Surah Al-Qiyamah. Convinced, أَنْ يُفْعَلَ بِهَا فَاقِرًا That a great calamity will be done to them. فَاقِرَ in, If it was used, or if it is used now in classical, in today's Arabic, but not local Arabic, classical, it means a big calamity. But in its historical uh, meaning, it means much more than that. If we look, what faqra means at al-lisan, then we find faqra, dahiyah means calamity. But that kind of dahiyah which al-kathir lil-faqar, faqar means the spinal column. That kind of calamity which breaks the spine, that is faqra. Or uh, in Mu'jamal uh, Ain, uh, also al-Kinani speaks about it, saying, uh, oh, he'd rather, he uh, talks about, uh, Laith also speaks about it in Laith al-Kirani al-Mu'jam saying, Al-Faqira, it has that dahiyah, 
that calamity which which we will break the back. So faqira, when we say in the Quran, those faces on that day will be so gloomy or terrified or miserable. Why? Because they are convinced that not only a great calamity, but a back-breaking calamity will definitely be done to them. Or that's what they're going to face now. They're convinced about that. Kalla, going back, again negating, no, would you think Yawm Al-Qiyam is so easy or it won't happen? Kalla. Iza balakhati Now, in these 40 verses we had in the Quran, it was speaking about, or in this chapter, we sectioned it off into different parts. So, talking about the cosmological changes and the state of good and evil people, as we just saw now, wujuhun yawma as we said just now. And now... The stage of death, and finally the, ver- the chapter talks about the purpose of life. I don't think we'll get to that. And then we spoke about that interjection, which was the four verses from 17 to whatever the verses were, that when the Prophet was told, do not hurry its recitation. So now it is speaking about this area, about the stage of death and what happens at death. As the verse we are on to now says, Kalla إِذَا بَلَغَتِ التَّرَاقِي No, when it reaches... Taraqi, this is this area. The collarbones are taraqi when it, when it reaches here, means when the soul is going to come out. It reaches, when, so this is this part, balagat. But it's a feminine verb, when it reaches. So it gives us the idea that this feminine ber, uh, verb, because it has a ta, sakin at the end, means it's past tense feminine, means it is most probably talking about the nafs, because the nafs, as we said, al-nafs al-lawama, al-mara, lawama etc. The nafs itself is a feminine word, and it's talking, therefore, most probably about the nafs, as it, when it reaches, means when the nafs reaches as it's coming out of the body. So when it reaches, the collarbones is about to come out, and the person's about to die. وَقِيلَ مَنْ رَاقَ Hmm... And it is said, it means the person who is dying, okay, you can imagine a corpse now, now the, the nafs is coming out, it's really, it's going to go. It would have said, and the man will say, or he says, وَقَالَ maybe, or قَالَتْ if talking about the nafs. But no, he does not even have the capacity to speak now. He's gone. وَقِيلَ and it is said, مَنْ رَاقَ the question, who is? Now this raq, raq, what kind of word is this? It's a noun, obviously, because it has tanween, we know it's going to be a noun, man raqin. But this raqin, what construct of noun is this? Sorry? Ism fa'il. Ism fa'il of what kind of root? We know ism fa'il is on the file pattern, katib, darib. But this ism fa'il is on what kind of root if it's ism fa'il? It's not on the fa'il pattern. It's not, not on wasn fa'il. You're right, ism fa'il, you're right. But then of what kind of word? Ism fa'il of a regular verb, we know it's fa'il. Yes? Okay. Be more specific. Okay, so what kind of weak? Naqis root, yes? So, yes. The root is raq, is ism fa'il of the root letters raqaf and ya. We know the, the naqis roots, which have a wa or ya at the end, will have this kind of pattern of ism fa'il. So, masha yamshi, the one who walks will be a walker. Mashin. Qadha yaqdi, the judges. 
qadin. The judge, if I make it definite, I know if I put al, then there's going to be ya at the end, isn't it? Al qadi. Al mashi. Then yes, it'll have that. So, raq. So what does rafqa and ya mean? What does it mean anyway? I know, okay, don't, don't refer to the translation I put there, either a magician or a physician. But if we know, raqa, yarqi, what does it mean? Oh, we have that hadith, isn't it? In, on yawm al-qiyamah, yuqalu li sahib al-Qur'an yawm al-qiyamah, iqra warqa, what does it mean? It will be said to the one who recites the Qur'an or the one who possesses the Qur'an, however you want to translate it, recite and? Ascend, recite ascend, right. But we haven't given this meaning to it actually. There is one, uh, so it can mean rising and ascending, but ruqya, as you'll say, ruqya means that magic and black magic and all that, right? To try and heal someone with that. This is, but here in this context, so raqya, rafqa and ya can have both of these meanings. And the dictionary will give you both of these meanings. It is said, a minority opinion, that when it is, that some people decide for this meaning, means when the man's about to die, the angels come and they're inspecting now. The soul is coming out. And now it's going to go up to God. It's going to ascend. The angels come around and ask. means The angels are saying it. Who is this guy going up now? But this is a minority opinion. This is not the, the, the bigger opinion. That it's taking the second uh, meaning of ra, ra, qaf, and ya means to perform magic or sorcery. Why? Because he's dying now. Taraqi is going to die, and his family or those who are around him are trying to save his life, and they're saying, Man raq. Who is going to help him now? Who's the witch doctor that couldn't do the normal doctors of it? There's no hope for him. We need some sort of magic to try and save him now. So they're saying, Man raq. Who is around here who can do some ruqya? And help this guy out. But this guy himself, he knows. Yeah, That means the barriers between him, this life and the next life have been raised away from his eyes now. Now he knows. Let those people say, where's a witch doctor? Someone get a physician. You can imagine now the scene. This is talking about witch doctors and in that time where, you know, but now imagine in a hospital. The guy is on a hospital bed, and you can hear that beeping, boop, 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 and he's going to go, and he finally puts his head to the side. And what does everyone around him do? Someone call the doctor, press the thing, press the alarm for the doctor, someone get a nurse, nurse, he's dying. Yeah, well, it's too late now. That, that's that, that, who's going to save him now? But that person who's going himself, he is convinced. Again, in this way means, Convinced, as we had from the other verse in the Quran, Banna doesn't mean speculation now. This is the moment of his departure. Not this moment of his departure, but this is when actually it has reached here, and the veil he can see now the akhirah. Malkulmot he can see him now. That's why he's going. Otherwise he would still say, "Save me." He cannot say that anymore because he knows the family is still trying to save him. Man raq, he's not saying it. He is saying what? He knows wadanna annahu al-firaq. He is he's a goner. Yes, he's he's had it. He knows this is the end, yes. This is the point of death now. 
waltafat as-saqu bis-saq again this is the beauty of the quran and the complexity of the quran the thing which is nawzubillah a bit annoying about the quran sometimes and the words can have so many meanings it's up to you to try and decipher or ask of the quran what's going on here so altafa this is the verse right this is the the verb here obviously the feminine verb here as-saq bis-saq why is it a feminine verb? The saqu is obviously the fa'il. Why is it a feminine verb? Oh, because saq is a feminine noun. Yes, you're right. Why is saq a feminine noun? What does it mean, saq? Let's see. So, iltafa can mean to be bound together, to bind something together. So, what's the, what's the root of this? Iltafa, eighth form verb. What's the root? No, nearly. Laffa is mudaf, yes, the fa'a shadda, yes, laffa. So even when when you when uh, you tie your turban, the Shaykh ties his turban, he puts it on his knee and does laff. This is called laff, tying it and bounding it binding it together. So this is the eighth form. To be bound together is one meaning. But if you again look in the dictionary, it will give you both meanings. Not only to be bound together, the other meaning of it, to come in succession, or to gather a few if I have chocolates here and I gather them all together, this is iltaffa also. Or to come one after another in succession is also iltaffa. So this is the this verb itself has more than one meaning. And asaq, we said why is it? We said it's a feminine noun. Why is it a feminine noun? It means it means this part from the knee downwards. This part is saq. So it comes in in pairs on the body. So it's obviously a, a feminine noun. So if we take, but that's not the only meaning it can have also a saq. From this, this calf, the calf, yes, this is what it means, saq. Not only, it can also mean calamity. So if we take this meaning and this meaning, it means the guy is dead now. Why? Because what's happening to him now? Iltafat al-saq, bis-saq. Now he's, he's being bound up. As we have the kafan, he's going to be bound in the cloth, and he's going to be bound. This is iltafat al-saq, bis-saq. That's the meaning. Or, if we take the other meanings, now he knows his qiyam is starting now, he's gone, he's dead. So if we take that meaning, it means the lower legs are bound together, now that he's dead. Or if we take the other meaning, this one coupled with this one, it means, and now he knows calamity is going to be heaped upon calamity, or calamities are going to come in succession with one another. إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذٍ And I think that's where we'll end. And to your Lord on that day is the eventual, well, masaq. Again, what's the root of masaq? Rootlets of masaq? Yeah? Ajwa fruit, yes? So the same thing that we have for driving a car, yes? Driving a car is the same root. So it means that movement, movement on that day, the eventual point of it, on that day, يَوْمَئِذٍ is with your Lord will be the Masaq. And I think on that point we will end this session and this series. Support Al Mahadi Institute. Visit almahadi.edu.